This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, celebrating Labor Day safely with your pets and the latest from mystery author Margaret Mizushima. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca. Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Email us at doggydivashow at aol.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A show at aol.com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog? Daily Dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose, your pet's daily dose of awesome. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's yourpetsdailydose.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. I'm here with Monica Layton, owner of Professional Pet Sitting. And Monica, we have a holiday coming up, but I know everyone's going to kind of be celebrating it a little different, and we want to incorporate our pets into the celebration safely. So how can we celebrate Labor Day safely with our pets? Absolutely. So, yes, things are a little different this year. There's not as many, you know, huge gatherings. Um, But people do, you know... A Labor Day is a day to, you know, celebrate, and a lot of people want to be out and be doing things, um, but you want to be able to do it safely. So just a couple of things. Um, As you know, you know, back when we had Fourth of July and, um, you know, other holidays this year, doing fireworks at home and doing things at home like barbecuing and things of that nature are a lot more popular right now, simply because it's safer to be at home, you know, with COVID and everything that's going on. You want to have small, you know, intimate family gatherings as opposed to going out and 
you know, doing a parade or, you know, different things of that nature. So when you have these gatherings at home, even though it is not a huge event, it's perfect for your pets because it's not huge, but you still have to take a few precautions just to make sure that the day goes smoothly for them. And we always talk about this when we have holidays coming up and people are cooking and barbecuing and things of that nature. But of course, number one, um, watching the food intake for your pets. <laughs> Very difficult when, you know, you have some of these holidays and the, the next couple of days, especially those that fall on the weekend, like Labor Day does, <laughs> the next couple of days you end up with a dog with upset stomach, um, vomiting, diarrhea, things of that nature, because they've gotten into food that didn't settle well. Um, that they weren't used to eating. So I always recommend, um, you know, not <laughs> trying to get people to not feed your pets. But if that's the case, if somebody is going to and you know they're going to, perfect example, like my stepfather, he is the biggest mush in the world. He loves all my dogs and he cannot literally help himself from giving them something. So if I do not have something readily out, he will find something to feed them. I think we all have one of them in our family. Yes. <laughs> so it's, you know, having, having, um, you know, dog treats out or something that you can do. And if you don't want to put, you know, dog treats on the table, you know, with the rest of your stuff, make, you know, have it a fun act, you know, daily activity to make your own treats. And there's so many great, great recipes online. And one thing that I love lately, because, you know, it, depending on where you are in the country, it's still fairly warm during this time of the year. And, you know, especially for us down here in Florida, it's, it's downright hot sometimes. And they have these great recipes where you can take, um, uh, water or chicken stock, something very, you know, kind of benign and put it into ice cube trays. And then you can add little things like blueberries or carrots and freeze them. And they can have this war or this, um, cool, like ice cubey treat that they're going to lick and chew and enjoy. And it's going to be very mild on their stomach. It's things that are not going to upset their stomach, like a lot of beef products or, um, you know, you want to stay away from the nuts, away from the mushrooms and the onions and garlic and the things that, you know, can be bad for them. But they're getting into something that, one, keeps them cool, especially if you're outside enjoying, you know, the outdoors. And two, something that's not going to hurt them as far as stomach-wise. So that way they have a treat that they can enjoy. So definitely check online. Pinterest has a ton of the ideas for those. They are great, but you can make very, very simple little easy popsicles or, or no-bake cookies, even if you have just a couple carrot sticks or, you know, a couple green beans, something that's very easy on their stomach that uh, is not going to hurt their stomach are perfect to put out for people to treat your dogs. Because if you have something really cute then people are going to go for that and be like, oh my gosh, you know, how cool is this? You guys made homemade dog treats. I can't wait to share them with your pet. <laughs> you know what? I love the ones in the ice cube because we sit out on our lanai, porches, whatever you have, and you're sitting outside, it's hot. And those ice cubes keep them hydrated, but they think it's like a dog treat. Yeah. And we literally, when um, we do ours at home, we, my dogs love watermelon and they digest it well. That's what I'm 
Yes, as well as um, blueberries and carrots. Mm -hmm. And my one dog is a huge apple fan. Like my pug will literally do anything for an apple. You can't even (laughs) say the word apple and she knows the word and it's she's barking and she's got the big puggy like bug eyes and (laughs) she's all excited. But we do apple slices and we put them in when it's half frozen. So the apple slices end up being like a handle And then after they're done freezing, we, you know, you can just kind of break up the ice cube tray and they pull right out just like little popsicles. So you have the apple as the handle and then the little ice cube on the end. And we put them in Ziploc bags and throw them in the cooler with the drinks. So that way they stay cool, but then it's accessible for people to give to the pets at any time. Oh, what a great idea. I love that. But things like that, you know, very super easy. I mean, we're talking five minutes to make something like that. Um, and then, you know, just freezing time and it's just something extra to have for the pets. Um, but the pets love it. People love it. And it's a great way to include the pets in the fun and festivities safely without causing up the stomachs. <laughs> and we're all for that. That keeps them away from the chips and the dip. That's what I yes, like. <laughs> yes. Um, and another thing, you know, we had talked about, you know, with the fireworks and things of that nature. Um, also right now we're kind of getting into, for those of us that are in the hurricane areas, we're getting into storm season and we've had this a lot lately also is, um, noises, mm-hmm. loud noises can scare a pet. So even if you're outside in your backyard with just a few family members, you know, nobody even knew coming over, you can still have a noise that could scare your pet enough for them to bolt. When pets get scared, it kind of goes into that flight or fight thing. And most pets will fly. They will look for any opportunity just to run and hide and seek shelter because they're so fearful. Um, So definitely be aware that if you are you know, going to do any fireworks or there are thunderstorms during that day, you know, maybe keep your pets indoors, um, you know, in a room, something like that, to where if you have people coming in and out, that they're not going to be able to slip out of a door um, because the loud noises can definitely, you know, make a dog very fearful. Um, There's also a great product out there that is used specifically for noise aversion, and right now for storm season and for, you know, 4th of July that just passed a couple months ago, we went through a ton of it and so many clients just raved about how great it was, but it's called um, Cilio. You get it from your veterinarian and it's um, S-I-L-E-O and it's made for noise aversion. It does not sedate the dog. My dogs get a little tired with it, but it doesn't knock them out or anything, but it's safe to give and it takes away that noise anxiety And they just, you know, 4th of July, we gave it to our dogs. And I have one Yorkie in particular that is extremely vocal. She's always been extremely vocal. She's the barker of the family. I know who she is. But when she hears something, she goes nuts. And she will literally bark constantly when something is scary for her. And that's how she gets with really bad storms or fireworks. And um, we gave the Cilio to her. And within 20 minutes... That dog did not bark once all night long. Wow. And in my neighborhood, we had fireworks going till all hours of the night. Wow. Yeah. You know what? It seems as though they canceled all the fireworks from all of the big places and people were still doing them in their yard. So I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, and people <laughs> bought in so many. Like, I know so many people who went out and bought a lot because, you know, anticipation that a mm-hmm. lot of these holiday gatherings would be canceled. 
So they are celebrating, you know, in their own way because around 4th of July, you know, they had so many, they had to ease on restrictions, at least yeah. normally where I live. They had a restriction eases on the purchasing of fireworks because they did cancel so many local, you know, events for people to gather. And they had so many sales that a lot of people really, you know, kind of stocked up. So they had stuff for future holidays to enjoy at home. It could just be, <laughs> in my neighborhood, it can just be a random weekend and you can hear a couple here and there. Yeah, I think I that mean, people just, are doing you know, celebrations. On, that yep, are celebrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's celebrating on their own and they're, everyone's learning a new way to celebrate. So uh, just be prepared that your pets are going to be sensitive to this. You'd have to talk to your vet about it. And I know that things are all different with the way people visit their vets, but to talk to your vet about Cilio, S-I-L-E-O. Yes. And it is a prescription. However, as long as you have a current exam of sitting on your pet, you should be able to get that from your veterinarian. Most veterinarians, as long as they have a current exam um, of sitting on your pet, will be able to get you that without having to come oh, in for an additional visit. Monica, as always, thank you very much for bringing this. It's a whole new world. We're celebrating everything's differently. So thank you for giving us the latest and we appreciate it. And you have a great Labor Day. You, Haley, and all the puppies, kitties, and uh, hedgehogs. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you too. All right. We'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everyone. Susan Maria Miss Olive here to announce the release of the second book in the Doggy Diva Diaries series, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Friends, a story about Miss Olive's encounters with bullying at a dog park and how she learns a life lesson. Please check out the original award-winning book, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home, which is a story about adoption and rescue. Both books are available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And please visit TheDoggyDiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, what's new with mystery author Margaret Mizushima? We have the answer. Stay tuned. The young lady from the rescue delivered happy. He was missing hair, stinky, scabby. The cause of his issue was poor nutrition. It was neglect. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We've been using Dinovite and within a couple weeks, his skin started clearing up. He didn't smell. He had more energy, a glow and a bounce about him. You get some Dinovite, how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to the Doggy Diva Show. Margaret Mizushima is the author of the award-winning and internationally acclaimed Timber Creek Canine Mysteries. And Margaret serves on the board of the Rocky Mountain chapter of the Mystery Writers of America and was awarded the 2019-2020 Writer of the Year by the Rocky Mountain Fiction Writers. Her most recent release in the popular Timber Creek Canine Mystery Series is book number six, Hanging Falls. And here to tell us all about it is the award award-winning, best-selling author, Margaret Mizushima. Welcome back to the Doggy Diva Show, Margaret. Oh, thank you. It's always such a pleasure to visit with you. So I really appreciate being a guest today. Oh, we love it. And I can't wait to have you share with the listeners who may not be familiar with your series what 
what can we expect or what's ahead for Maddie, her canine partner, Robo, and of course, Cole? Well, in Hanging Falls, some of Maddie's backstory actually comes to light. Hanging Falls is book number six, and so a lot has been happening before this book, but you don't have to read the whole series, although it's kind of nice if you want to know the backstories of all of them. Oh, and they, believe me, listeners, you will. (laughs) So, um, in this story, um, Maddie finally connects with some of her biological family, which has been her hope and dream all of her adult life. And um, Maddie's around 30, and actually um, she was separated from her mother at age six. And uh, she and her brother grew up in foster care. In Timber Creek, um, her brother was a problem child, and so he was sent elsewhere. And so they were separated shortly after that. And so Maddie has always kind of stayed in Timber Creek. She's a deputy sheriff in the uh, very rural sheriff's department, uh, which is surrounded by the mountain wilderness area. And she has stayed in Tibber Creek, hoping that someday they would reconnect. She has searched for them, but they pretty much just disappeared and dropped off the face of the earth. And she hasn't been able to find them as she became an adult. But through the wonders of DNA, (laughs) um, she has connected with some of her biological family. And um, so that is basically revealed in chapter one, and the story goes from there. (laughs) Unfortunately, she is scheduled to go meet her sister and grandmother. They are the ones she's connected with in California, but a dead body also shows up in chapter one. And so Maddie and Robo decide to stay near Timber Creek to help investigate the murder. They are the only canine team in the area. And so it's important for them to do their part. For the listeners who may not be familiar, and of course, I've been following you for since your very first book. This is your sixth one. And I am in love and I'm totally into these characters. I, I know about their back. I like to think I know about where they're going to go. <laughs> but <laughs> could you just tell the listeners a little bit about Maddie Robo? And one of the key characters throughout the book is Cole. And can you just tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I've given you some background on Maddie. Robo is a German shepherd, and he is the first canine patrol dog that they have in Timber Creek. The merchant's And the ranchers around the town actually raised money to buy Robo for the department because the town had been threatened with drug traffic. Um, That still is a problem for the town, but it's much reduced since Robo came into the picture. So Robo um, and Maddie were paired together, and she, in the first book, which is called Killing Trail, is a brand new canine handler, and she makes some mistakes, which... um, I have learned about through some of my consultants who have talked to me about different mistakes that uh, beginning handlers make. But 
the books go from there so you get to see the relationship develop between Robo and Maddie as they become more of a seasoned team together. And then Cole Walker is the only veterinarian in the region and he is Robo's doctor and he's also Maddie's love interest. And Cole has uh, two daughters, a teenager and a younger daughter. And they were pretty much abandoned by the mother who had a mental illness and left all of them. And Cole has been very busy learning how to be a single parent as well as to take care of his busy vet practice. And we loop him in every mystery and he has to be a part of it. And there's something, some information he uncovers that always helps solve the mystery. So the two of them kind of work together. I should say the three of them because <laughs> Robo really is a main character. And I think this is important for the listeners to know too. Can you tell what these characters are based on? And and I know they're, they were based on people, especially Robo is based on like a real dog but can you tell the listeners because yeah. sometimes i think people knowing what the characters are based on they become more vested in the characters robo and maddie are both based on an actual canine handler and her dog whom i met um back in oh, probably around 2013 um this woman was a friend, uh, uh, the daughter of one of my mother's friends, and they put us in touch with each other. And she uh, let me shadow her while she trained dogs in um, tracking and evidence detection and those kinds of things. So I had such a wonderful experience. And that woman really inspired me because I felt like um, she was very courageous and brave. She had been working as a canine handler and trainer in Bellingham, Washington, prior to her moving to Colorado. And she had been injured uh, in a warehouse explosion. And uh, she had then at that point retired. Her dog, who was named Robo, was a German shepherd, and he um, was deafened in that explosion. So he had to retire, but they allowed him to become her pet. So the two of them came to Colorado to kind of heal up. And by the time I met her, Robo had died of old age. But she has told me so many wonderful stories about his prowess as a patrol and a narcotics detection dog. And I just was inspired so much by him. So I asked her if I could use his name, and she graciously said yes, and the Robo would be honored. So that's how Robo came to be. And then Cole Walker is kind of based on my husband because he's a veterinarian. We've been married for 38 years, and I kind of have lived the vet's wife life. And um, although I always had my own career as a speech therapist. I assisted him <laughs> countless times <laughs> after hours for emergencies. So many of the scenes that I write uh, where Cole is working on animals came from my past where I observed my husband working. 
And it's amazing because as a veterinarian, Cole does play a big part in Maddie and Robo's life, as well as as different ways, as as well as being a personal interest. But I could tell that there's a lot of work that goes into the description of the veterinary and what happens in the emergencies. And there's so much that they encounter throughout the series that there's a lot that goes in. And for all of us that are animal lovers, I think that we're going to be thrilled with what happens next in this, in book six, Hanging Falls, but throughout the entire series. It's an animal lover's dream. I mean, these are wonderful things. Plus, there's a mystery. But I got (laughs) to tell you something else. You have a character in your books, which is, of course, and the cover is absolutely gorgeous, by the way, of Hanging Mm -hmm. Falls. Thank you. um, You have another character in your book, which is actually the scenery and all of the mountains and the beautiful, here's the beautiful falls. They become almost like a character in the book, almost as much as the human characters. Can you just tell us a little bit about your inspiration? Because when I open up one of your books, I feel like I'm stepping into that world. So you're very talented in in bringing that to us. But what is the inspiration? Because there's got to be sheer beauty around you to do that. Oh, thank you. Um, It is kind of by design because that was one of my goals when I started writing was to make setting another character. And um, I grew up in a small mountain town in Colorado named Sawatch, which um, is a Ute word. and in Sawatch so is very small. Um, at the time that I was growing up, I think there were only like three officers in the sheriff's department. Um, Maddie's department has a few more, but only a handful more. I didn't want to set the book in Sawatch so because Sawatch so is at the top of the San Luis Valley, which um, is in in the foothills, pretty near the Continental Divide, but it's not heavily forested. And I wanted the uh, Timber Creek area to be heavily forested. So I just borrowed some of my small town experiences to create Timber Creek and plopped it a little bit farther south and west. So it's kind of in the southwest corner of um, Colorado. The the main um, inspiration I've had for terrain, though, is Rocky Mountain National Park, which is closer to where I live now. I live in northern Colorado, and Rocky Mountain National Park is about an hour's drive for me to get up into it. And I spent summers hiking up there every week, uh, made sure I got into those beautiful, beautiful um settings uh, at least weekly because it's just it feeds your soul and um, it also fed the setting of the book Um, so I'm used to we've we've had several seasons Um, this hanging falls is uh, set in the summer season and we've had just several seasons across the the uh, series and I'm used to that. So I'm used to the beautiful co- colors in the fall, and I'm used to the heavy snowstorms in the winter. And um, 
So Hanging Falls actually is is set when there's been kind of a monsoon year and there's been just a lot of rain, which is fairly unusual. We don't get a lot of rain in this part of Colorado, but occasionally we have a year that we do and everything just floods. So um, that's the time uh, that that's the time of year that's happening in Hanging Falls, and that's what Maddie is battling um, when she's trying to investigate uh, this this one uh, body that's been found actually floating, uh, hung up in a fallen pine tree at the base of Hanging Falls in the lake. <laughs> also, also, what happens in chapter one? So that's not a spoiler. <laughs> no spoiler alert. Just a tease. <laughs> yes, but and it is worth it. Believe me. And oh my goodness, you know. Uh, speaking of Hanging Falls, you had us on the edge of our seat in this book, as you always do. And of course, this delves a little bit further into the complex uh, family dynamics with Maddie. And this is a thriller as an action packed as it always is. But I always say this to you, Margaret. As I finish this book, I can't wait for the, the next one to come. Can you share with us at all what's ahead next for Maddie, Robo and Cole? Yes, I'd be happy to. Um, in Hanging Falls, like I said, she had connected, Maddie had connected with her sister and grandmother, and then she was unable to go to California. But they decided they couldn't wait, and they come to Timber Creek, Colorado. So uh, she meets up with them. They're staying at the local motel. They get to meet Cole. They get to meet Maddie's foster mother, who was very significant in her life mm -hmm. and still is. Her name is Mama T. And they they get to meet all of these important people in Maddie's life. Maddie also learns what happened to her father, who she'd never really worried much about because he didn't play a role in her life that she could remember because she was actually abducted when she was a two-year-old. So Maddie, her mother, her brother were abducted uh, and ended up in Timber Creek, Colorado. And Maddie didn't know all of that until book number four. And that comes out in book number four. But in book six, Hanging Falls, she learns what actually happened to her father from her sister and grandmother who that's part of the story. You'll find out why they weren't abducted. But at that point, Maddie really wants to know what really happened the night her father was killed and the night she was abducted. And she has joined up with a cold case detective uh, from California. And there is a man who is serving a life sentence in a prison in Colorado that Maddie is just sure that he killed her father. And so this detective comes from California, and that's the first scene in book seven in the series, is they are meeting at this prison to go in and interrogate this man that tried to kill Maddie in book four, but didn't succeed. And he's serving time there for 
the murder of another one of Maddie's family members. It's a twisted tale. So like you said, it's twisted, uh, maybe but it's, it's intriguing. <laughs> I read them sequentially, but I'm going to go back to some of them because even though I know stuff as we're talking, I'm going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So even though you can read them independently, it's so part of the intrigue is following it through because you want to know what's next. <laughs> good, good. Well, I hope that lasts through book seven. Um, book book six, Hanging Falls, ends with a scene that kind of sets the that sets the pace for book seven. So uh, that would be a spoiler if I talked about that scene, but it, it does get you set up for oh. what's going to happen in book seven. Gives so. us something to look forward to. And I also <laughs> want to say that. In your books, you do talk about current and relevant issues that families have, towns have, communities have. You intersperse some of the human element. This book, you get into some other things. But I mean, in each book, you have a little bit of something that is relevant to whether it be something that's going on in people's families, something that's going on that happened in their past, something that is relevant to the community that they live in that they may nobody may be prepared for, and all of a sudden it. it hits them. So you have a lot of that going on in your book. So besides being mysterious and thrilling, which they are, and you're always wanting to go to the next page, there's like a message in all of them that is also something else too. So you you marry the different things up beautifully. Oh, thank you, Susan. Again, that's by design. You are an awesome book reviewer. <laughs> I, I, I really Can like you tell I take... like your books? <laughs> 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 thank you, thank you. But I do really think it's important. I, I don't want to just write mysteries. I want to write about people, and I want to make sure that community, social, and family issues are a part of each book. So there are themes that are woven together, and typically those underlying themes involve the motive for the murder. So all of these different subplots have to be put together by the end of the book. And that's what I'm struggling now with book seven this summer. It's It's been pandemic summer of just sitting and writing. And, and I have dangling themes right now that I'm trying to pull together in book seven. So thank you so much for your comment. I, I truly appreciate no, it. No, you, you're very gifted at incorporating all that in and kind of not having it hit the reader over the head. It's very great the way you do that. Now, you have six books. This is the six books. Where where can the listeners go to learn more about you, to learn more about the Timber Creek Canine Mystery Series, and of course, your latest book, book six in the series, Hanging Falls? They can go to my website, which is margaretmizushima.com. And do I need to spell that? or Yeah, that... why don't you? Because I know it, but I want to make sure all of them yes. to every all the listeners. M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T-M-I- Z-U-S-H-I-M-A dot com. So I, I hope I spaced that out well enough. People could write it down That's if they want to. Yes, people could write it down. And before we go, is there anything that you'd like to share uh, with our listeners more with, it, whether it be the series or, of course, the uh, Hanging Falls book itself? Yes, please. Um, 
the series is going to have a book seven and eight. Uh, those two are under contract, and I'll just see how old I am and how decrepit I am <laughs> after we get. That'll keep me busy. Oh gosh, busy you get so much sharper with time. I can't wait till the till the other two. <laughs> oh, so I'll be busy for the next few years with those two books. This year for a book launch. It's so different. We can't travel. We can't go different places. But on my website, there is a tab called events. And I'm in the process of setting up quite a few bookstore appearances online. And so there will be eventually links online where you can go to the bookstore nearest you. We're working with a lot of independent bookstores and hoping that we can have um, a nice launch and still visit with readers uh, over the internet. And that's so important because a lot of authors are doing that, the virtual launches. And I believe that so many readers, of course, we're all kind of in the same boat right now with um, with COVID and the pandemic. And to be a part of something virtually, and your book launch would be perfect for it. You're connecting with people all over and they're there for the same reason they're there to to learn more about your series and of course this beautiful book the hanging falls but i think that that connection even though we're not physically there i think virtually that connection and we're all learning to do that more is becoming the new norm and it's very gratifying so i'm so happy that you're doing it i'll be zooming in on one so i think that that's fabulous that you're doing that and i think that people will be very happy and and get to meet you in a whole different way so well thank you our first virtual bookstore is old firehouse books in fort collins colorado which is my local uh books independent bookstore that uh, has been supporting me over the years and that's september 12th at two o'clock colorado time that's mountain daylight time all right i just wrote that down Whoa. oh i hope you can join us <laughs> I hope so. uh, we'll also be streaming live to facebook so uh, it'll right. be one of those Zoom Facebook meetings. Love it. Love it. And I think that we're all getting so used to that. It's it's becoming a regular way of life with us. So that's that's so wonderful. And, and you know, Margaret, I want to thank you very much, as always, for being our guest and sharing the amazing Hanging Falls with us. And as I said before, though each book in the series is a really great standalone read, you are going to want to read every single one of them because you're not going to want to miss a thing all the way back from Killing Trail through now. And of course, we can't wait. Can't wait for the next. I always end this with saying, I can't wait. You know, you're, we just read this one and I can't wait for the next one. So I, we're looking forward to the next one. And we look forward to having you back next year so that we could talk about it. Who knows what? what the world would be like then, but we'll be here. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me as a guest, Susan. It's been delightful as always. Oh, it's our pleasure. And again, Margaret, can you just give your website out just in case someone ran to get a pencil or a pen and needs wants to write it down again? Yes, it's margaretmizushima.com and that is spelled M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T M-I-Z-U-S-H-I-M-A. 
com. Well, thank you very much, Margaret. And as always, it's great to have you as our guest. And thank you for doing what you do, because during these unusual times, you certainly are keeping us all entertained and on the end of our seat in a good way. So I thank you as a reader. I thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Susan. Take care. You too. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you listening to this right now with a cell phone clenched between your teeth as you frantically flip pages on your paper calendars? Or are you a new breed of groomer, bred for speed and efficiency of movement? 123 Pet Software automates your communications, doing the reminding, confirming, thanking, and marketing for you. 123 Pet centralizes your schedule, employees, clients, inventory, and more. 123 Pet is the business management software you need. Start minding your business today. Visit 123petsoftware.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, the Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>